This is Framework Leadership. I'm Ken Dingle, and you're listening to Framework Leadership, a podcast about how to bring your personal life, organization to the next level. What a privilege today. I'm sitting down with legendary coach, current NCAA national champion, Coach Davo Sweeney. And as most of you know, in January, Coach Sweeney led the Clemson Tigers their second national title in three years. Also made history by becoming the only coach to receive the Paul Bear Bryant Coach of the Year Award three times. You can read about his road to success in the recently released book, Dabo's Dynasty, Clemson's Rise to College Football Supremacy by Larry Williams. Coach, wow, what a privilege. Welcome. Well, it's good to be here. And I, 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 I want to make it clear, I didn't write a book. Uh, I would, if I did write a book, I wouldn't title it Dabo's Dynasty. So for, so for the record, that, was, All right, a, for the that record. was a sports guy who wrote that book and made that title. So a lot of people have... Have have written it. They think I wrote it. I didn't write that book. Uh, but uh, so anyway. But what a, what a thrill to be here with you. And I'm a little intimidated because I'm I'm just some bumpkin from South Carolina, and you you have this professional uh, voice. Uh, and so I'm I'm. I know people can't see me in here, but uh, I look no, better than just, my voice. Uh, so I'm just, just well, for the We're record. just going to have a great conversation, <laughs> and thank you for, for being here. That's great. Yes, sir. You know, you, you're revered not just for being a uh, an incredible coach, but even more so for the way you handle success. I mean, your humility, uh, your leadership you display throughout uh, each season. I, I want to dig into what uh, what your life experiences have taught you about how you live life. Yeah. Uh, start, you know, by growing up in Alabama, your childhood, your parents, faith, all that. How, how did that shape you? Yeah, well, I think that we're all shaped by our life's experiences. Um, and for me, um, you know, I, I, I met the Lord when I was 16. And uh, that was kind of a game changer for me. And what I learned uh, through a relationship with Christ is that He, if you allow Him, will take the adversity in your life and he will use it to develop you, shape you, uh, grow you, change you, stretch you into into what he's created you to do. Right. And uh, and without that, sometimes adversity in our life uh, defines us or destroys us. Mm. And uh, so I'm so thankful that that uh, you know I had an opportunity to 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 meet Jesus when I was 16 at a very difficult time in my life. But I grew up in Alabama, baby of three boys, um, very. Very simple family. Uh, my dad was an appliance man, hard worker. Uh, my mom was uh, she cut hair and and just kind of little miscellaneous things. But um, you know, as a kid, I, I I don't ever remember wanting anything. I mean, I was very happy. Uh, but as I got a little older, I started to realize that what was what I thought was normal wasn't really normal. There were some there were some things that uh, that I just that just wasn't right. And uh, my father, we we he became an alcoholic, and he became a uh, a very violent man in a very uh, violent home and unhealthy situation. In spurts, you know, we might have a little patches where things would be good, and it's never going to happen again, or whatever. And then you know, all of a sudden, you come home from school one day or practice, and and you you know, it's just it's it's total chaos mm-hmm. and. Uh, and so, you know, I saw things as a kid that, you know, kids shouldn't see. Uh, but uh, as I look back on my life now, uh, especially as I got into coaching, 
you know, I have a complete clarity of my life and, and, and you know, how God uses even our mess right. to create a message. Right. You know, uh, and, and so, you know, that, that's, uh, I'm thankful for everything, but certainly the way I grew up, the challenges that I had, uh, the failures, the successes. I mean, you know, nobody in my family had been to college, graduated from college, parents, bro- older brothers, grandparents, nobody. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I, I come along and, and, and a three-sport athlete and an honor society student, and I just, I wanted a different life. I wanted a different path. And God gave me a very clear vision for what my future could look like. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, and I, and I met this sweet gal. I grew up with this sweet gal who's actually sitting here with me. Yes. And, uh, you know, God puts people in your lives. If, you, if you're seeking that, he will put people in your path uh, to, that will help you. You know, maybe I call them lighthouses, you know, keep right. you from running ashore from time to time. And, and uh, Kath and I grew up together, first grade all the way up. And, and, and we were best friends and actually went together in middle school, but started dating in high school. And She's from the other side of the tracks, as I like to say. I mean, all her family were, you know, PhDs and masters and educators and teachers. And, and, and you know, Kath was, she was, she is the nicest person I've ever known. To this day, she still is. And, uh, and she, you know, she never cared that, you know, I was from house to house and sleeping on the floor and living here, there. Uh, she saw potential in me. And uh, beyond what my circumstances were, but God gave me a vision and a belief beyond my circumstances, uh, and I and I held on to that, and I and I I, I always had a good attitude, you know. Mm-hmm. I, even when things were just like, like I had every reason to just be mad at the world or whatever, I I, I didn't. And even though my friends were had different situations, I just always tried to just make the best of it. And I think that is a very key quality to be successful in life because we all are going to have our crosses to bear. Right. right. Some, some form or fashion. And, um, but my life gave me a perspective that serves me to this day. Yeah. And, and so, you know, because sometimes people, I, I just don't get, I, you know, what I, th- I know what, struggle is. I know what pain is. I know what desperation looks like. I know what fear feels like. Um, I, I, I know. And so I don't let a scoreboard affect my peace in life. Mm-hmm. You know, my peace comes from my faith. And so growing up and, and how I was shaped um, equipped me with the tools that I needed to be successful as a coach, as a husband, as a father, and uh, and I and I'm so thankful for that perspective because again, um, it, it doesn't matter how long you live; you're always going right. to be challenged. Right. Uh, so it's been great. You you mentioned you had clarity when you started coaching. Yeah. How was there a catalyst? Was there a uh, an experience that that kind of let you know that was your design? Yes, yeah. that's, that's the way you were created, and that's what God had for you. Yeah, and it's interesting because, uh, and I tell young people all the time, man, don't freak out because you don't have it all planned and you don't, you, you, you don't, you know, because I, I had a plan and I had a very clear plan. I was going to school. I was going pre-med. I'm going to be a pediatrician. That's what I wanted to do in life. Simple as that. And the reason I want to be a pediatrician, because I went to that, I only had one doctor till I was like 25. His name was Dr. Goldblatt. And, uh, you know, and he always made me feel better and he was always happy. And I knew he, 
he, I could, I was going to be my mom's doctor. I used to, I can't tell you how many nights we would have and be crying and this and that. And they'd be like, you know, I'm going to be a doctor and, and we're not going to live like this. And I, I equated being a doctor with financial freedom, so sure, to speak. Sure. And, uh, and that was kind of a mindset and that's what I did. So I went to school and I was a pre-med major, biology major for three years. And uh, I had I had a clear vision for what I wanted. I'd never thought ever a day in my life about coaching. I played three sports, and I'm, a, I'm playing ball in Alabama. And I, I never I just wanted to play. I never thought about coaching. Never even crossed my mind. And after my third year, it was my redshirt sophomore year. Uh, I just it was that that fall. I, it was like I just had a. And it was, it was a very difficult moment for me because I felt like I was giving up on a dream. But what I learned through things is, is listen, God, God aligns the desires of our heart with the will, with his will for our life. And I, I was, that was my desire, but that wasn't God's desire. He mm. had a whole different plan for me. And he, I, I didn't know what it was, but I just knew that it, I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. And I was doing fine. I wasn't passionate about it. I didn't know how I was going to pay for med school for 10 years. I hadn't really ever factored that into the equation. And I just, I just, I didn't love it. Mm. And so I, I remember literally back in those days, I got the handbook out or whatever. And I'm like, all right, what are majors around here? I, you know, I'd never even thought about a major. I knew what I was going to do. And I literally, I start flipping through and I'm like, Okay, and I find this hospital administration. It was a new major in the business school, healthcare management, hospital administration. I'm like, well, there it is. Yeah. I'll run the hospital, and the doctors will work for me. <laughs> and uh, so I switch over. So I'm, you know, so I'm the I'm the the, the junior in the in the freshman business classes. And uh, so I got my degree in hospital administration, and I'm going to go run a hospital. And and I, 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 we win the national championship my senior year. And that spring of 93, I'm doing my internship at DCH Hospital there in Tuscaloosa. Um, I did that all semester. I accept a job. I'm going to start in June. Uh, I'm going to make $35,000. I'm going to have a car. I'm going to be rich. Kath and I are getting married. Moving back to Birmingham. Life is good. You know, it's all good. Uh, and I'm all set. And then that spring, I go out to spring practice. Uh, first time I hadn't been a part of a team, first time I hadn't played ball. And I just, you know, I'm in town. I'm finishing school. I'm graduating in May. So I just went out and watched the guys practice spring ball. And next thing I know, um, you know, Woody McCorvey, who now works for me now, he was my position coach and Coach Stallings, who was the head coach. Uh, next thing I know, it's, it's hey, I got a GA spot. <laughs> hey, uh, you need to get a master's dabo and uh, you start in July. And I'm like, and literally, and I'm like, I'm like, the last thing I'm, I hate school. I'm tired of school. I'm taking this job. I'm going to work. This is my mindset. I yeah. don't need a master's. I'm going to work. And, and it was like, I said, you start in July. <laughs> and it was like, I mean, I remember literally going home and calling Kath, my now wife going, babe, I, I was scared to death of Gene Stallings. And I'm like, you know, like I, it was easier for me to call this guy. So I start rationalizing. Sure. Okay. Well, you know, Maybe if I get my MBA, I'll be better equipped to get out into the business world. That'll 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 prepare me better, and they're going to pay for it, you know. So hey, this is maybe I should do this as opposed to, you know, I'm in a school mode instead of going to work. So next thing I know, I've turned down this job, uh, and I started grad school that July on my MBA, 
And my plan was to get an MBA, not to coach. And literally the first week, the first week of being a grad assistant coach, it was like a light bulb had went off. And I literally had the the clarity of life. Like, wow, I've got things that I, like my liabilities that I thought I had in life became assets for me. And, you know, whether it be experiences, the failures, the successes, the knowledge that I had, I had a knowledge that I didn't even know I had. And now all of a sudden I'm able to help and able to relate and able to communicate. And it and it was, it was a it became a passion. It was a powerful thing that all of a sudden I was, I was really able to to help this person. And and then it it, it opened. So, and I still love to compete. I still love being a part of a team. You know, I I I I couldn't play anymore. So I'm like, well, this is this is the next best thing. Uh, but more importantly, I was like, this is not, I can really impact somebody's life. And, uh, so next thing I know, uh, I'm a GA for three seasons. I get my MBA and, um, there was nothing else that I could see myself doing. And I was, I had just finished and I'm, I'm ready to go and run my own room and get my group and, and coach Stallings hired me full time, 26 years old. And uh, Kath and I got married when I was a GA. So she was 23, I was 24. And so she was, she supported us. She was teaching school and I was making $400 a month being a grad assistant, promising her that one day, one day, I know yeah, one sure. of these days, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 26 without a job. But uh, so <laughs> I got, that was a great day in my life. But I learned so much through that experience. And, and that, that, but literally the first week as a grad assistant. It's the moment. It yeah. was, it was, a, yeah. it was like, and so, again, I always tell people, if you're really seeking God and all that you do and, and allowing him to order your steps, right. hey, it's, going all, yeah. it's all good. And all of it works together. And all of those experiences, but ultimately, he's going to align the desires of your heart for his will for your life. Yeah. So you step into your calling. Let's fast forward now to your journey at Clemson. It's 2003, you become the receiver's coach. 2009, you're promoted to head coach. Uh, you're known, uh, and, and this is what I love about, about your leadership, you're known for changing culture. Culture's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, you're known for changing the culture, especially at, at, at Clemson and introducing uh, traditions like the Tiger Walk. I mean, uh, uh, in fact, we modeled that here when we started football here, Southeastern, how how that uh, just makes a huge impact on, on the community. Sure. Um, Talk about how important culture is to teams and, and what did you do? How did you lead that mind shift yeah. in mindset of establishing the right culture? Yeah, and I'm actually, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about that tonight, but, but it is everything. The culture drives everything in the, in the team or the, the organization, the company, whatever, all the behaviors, uh, the responses, uh, how you respond to success, how you respond to failure. It drives everything. And uh, so uh, for me, and, and, and the interesting thing, uh, just to back up a little bit, you know, I was at Alabama, went, I was there for 13 years. Right. And then I was out of coaching for two seasons. And I went into the real estate development business for two years uh, and went all over the country. And, 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 and God equipped me with a whole different perspective of coaching. Mm. Uh, you know, you have a unique background and, and those two years, because I had this passion of what I wanted to do, but but God, I think, was further equipping me hmm. to do what I do now. 
because I had a different lens, a different perspective. Sure, I was right. successful doing something else, uh, but it just fueled my fire for what I knew I was called to do. And so I go to Clemson February of 03, and I think I'm going to be there for maybe a year or two years. And now I'm getting ready to start my 17th year and my 11th as the head coach. But I, I, I get it. The, the, the thing that I had for me that allowed me, I think, to get that job was I had been there for five and a half years as an assistant. And I really, from literally the moment I got to Clemson, I saw the potential in this unbelievable university, this amazing place to live. Uh, I, you know, we, we had some tradition. It, it, it was, you know, kind of a long time. You know, it was like everybody just talked about the 80s. Um, but, but there was, there's this unique quality and this simplicity of life that's hard to describe. That's, that's kind of lost in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and there's a passion there that I just felt like wasn't tapped into. And so I kind of had a five and a half year window to, to really observe and learn. And, and, but since the, from the day I got into coaching in 1993, I started preparing to be a head coach. You know, like literally, I, I, one day, my one day book. Right. You know, I, if I ever get the opportunity to be a head coach, and I now, and I would, I would, I would make notes, write stuff uh, of whether, hey, I really like this, or hey, I don't like this. You know, to remind myself, because uh, sometimes you learn more from the bad than you do the good. Right. And uh, and so, so I had always thought about that, and so uh, I go in and I become the interim. On a on a on a Monday, they make a change. The AD walks in, says, "Hey, you're now the head coach. See him office in five minutes." And I went into the office thinking that he was. I had no chance at the job. He's just going to tell me to basically just steady the ship for a few weeks. And I go in there, and this guy, and this is a powerful lesson, uh, you know, for everyone. And I, and I always tell people this when I go speak to coaches and stuff. Um, I walk in his office, and he says, "Listen, I've watched you for five and a half years." He goes, you're ready for this job. Hmm. And he said, I don't want you to be the interim coach the next seven weeks. I want you to be the head coach. I want you to think like the head coach. And I, he said, and, it, and he was a very simple guy. And he told me all the things that he had observed over a five and a half year period. And he goes, he goes, Dabo, I just want you to fix us. Whatever you think you need to do to fix us, I'm going to support you for the next seven weeks. He said, now, I'm going to hire the best coach. He goes, but what I want you to know is, I'd love to see you get this job. I actually think you're the best guy for this job. Uh, sure would help you can win a few ball games. And uh, and he said, and I'm here to help you. You got any questions? And literally. And I, and so I I went in with one mindset, and I came out with a totally different mindset of empowerment. And uh, and and so basically, I from day one. Uh, once I was empowered with that knowledge, I met with everybody. I met with the team one on one. I told them. Listen, uh, I'm going to be, I told him what he told me. And I say, so that, listen, I'm going to be the head coach for the next seven weeks. And this might be my only time to be a head coach. And we're going to, here's the, how we're going to do it. Sure. And, and I, and that right out of the gate. And I said, I'm all in and I need you to be all in. And here's what that means. Here's what, where that comes from. And I, I laid that vision out. I clearly articulated the vision uh, and the expectations for everybody in the organizations from day one. So, so it started with a vision and being able to articulate that. I literally, I went to my first, so I get the job. I go to my first board meeting. I've had the job a couple of days 
And, and, you know, I don't even know who these people are. And uh, the one guy says, Coach, you know, we want to be great academically and athletically like Florida and like Georgia and like Michigan. Start naming these schools. And I, and I, and I, there, I had, you know, you have the, I have the, the good angel and the bad angel. And I'm, I, I mean, I have this thing going on in my head, like, yeah. just right, smile right. and shut up and let's get out of here. And then, and then I got the one over here going, yeah, it ain't who we, you want to be. Right. And I literally, the next thing I know, I'm I'm literally going, sir, I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but that is not my vision for Clemson. You know, I want to build a program that someday people want to say, God, we want to be like Clemson. Right. Michigan and Florida and Georgia want to be like Clemson. I said, and here's, that's just what my my vision is. And so my message is we've got to change how we think. Right. I've got to change how we think culturally i've got to change how we think administratively i've got to change i've got to get young people to learn how to think the right way because when you do that you unleash the greatness that's inside of every right. single person so that's how i started and i and I, I i laid out a vision and i i articulated it and then i empowered people and hit with a high level of accountability and you know you can't get the toothpaste back in the tube right so, so there was a high level of discipline right out of the gate because when you take over a program, you got what you got. You know, like none of them came there to, you know, like when you came here, nobody came here to work for you. Right. You know, and so you, there's, a, there's a fine line that you have to balance in, in creating that buy-in with those key people who are there and then figuring out where you need to make the changes and where you need to grow and, and, and getting people to believe in the vision. Uh, and so that's, that's what we did. And, and it was, uh, and with no compromise. Uh, so we started out, we, people say we started out slow, but I, I tell people like, I mean, my, our first year, we, we won the division and played for the championship. Second year, we, we lost five games by six points or less, but I saw a growth in our culture that really inspired me. And our third year, we won the league for the first time in 20 years. And we really haven't looked back since, but we've, the biggest thing is we have always had a windshield mentality. It's always about what's next. No complacency. You get what you earn. You start over every year. You don't get to carry over anything. You got to prove it all over every single day, every single year. And that is the mindset that has driven us. But more importantly, an attitude of belief. Yeah. Like, well, why can't we be great? Yeah, right. Why can't we do this and do it the right way? So, so, so in, in your visionary um coaching and 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 building the program and of course you you did you came to 2016 you win the national uh, you, you go to the make it to the national championship game but you lose to your alma mater Alabama what how how did you approach I mean you're there I mean you've built up to this moment yeah. to win this thing yeah. and 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 what do you tell that group of young men who gave their all for you know yeah uh, and, and they they come up just short. Yeah, we got the game one, you know. I mean, and uh, but but here's the thing. I've lived by, you know, by faith for a long time. And and I live by saying, I say God never says oops all yeah. the time. God never says oops. And there's a lot of times I don't like that. Uh, but I just refuse to be a victim. I refuse to have a defeatist mentality. I always believe the glass is half full. And you're exactly right. Man, this is just the way, it, I remember, listen, my first year we go, we, we hadn't won a division and we win a division, but this is how God works. And we, that one year they played the ACC championship in Tampa in 09. And I'm like, we're going to win this conference for the for first time in 20 years. This is, we're going to the Orange Bowl. We haven't been in the Orange Bowl in 30 years. This is going, this is going down. Well, guess what? We get beat 
on a fourth quarter drive, a last second drive, we get beat at uh, uh, in Tampa. And I remember walking off the field and people are throwing oranges at us. And I'm like, God never says oops. This isn't how I planned. This ain't how it's supposed to go. Right. right. Well, and then we come back the next year and and we won six games and we lost five games. We lost two in overtime. And and then we come back the next year and we win the league, win 10 games, but then we give up 70 points in the Orange Bowl. And it, and so there's this always, but I always saw the 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 growth and and God never says oops. And then we come back and we got a little better in 12, beat LSU. And so we built to that. Right. So you're right. Now we're undefeated. We're in Arizona. We're playing Alabama. Well, absolutely we're supposed to win this game because this is this is the way it's supposed to be in Hollywood here like this is right. you you know God's got a great sense of humor and we lose they kick an onside kick we got the lead in the fourth quarter and they beat us and i remember shaking Nick Saban's hand and walking off the field and seeing the devastation of our fans our fans were so thirsty for a moment like that the the tears in my seniors eyes and and i just remember walking off the field and I, I took a deep breath and I just, I said, God never says oops. Yeah. And I walked in and I told our team that I loved them. And I, and I said, Hey, we're going to grow from this. We're going to get better. You know, this is a journey. It's not a destination. You know, it's, it's it, whether you have something bad happen, you have something good happen. It's in the rearview mirror. It's always about what's next. And you know, what's next for us. We're going to get back to work in January and I told, and I even told the media, I said, it's not going to be 35 years before we're back here. Yeah. I said, we'll be back. Yeah. And so one year later, right. we're, where are we? Right. We're in Tampa. Yeah. That same field that, that six years earlier, seven years earlier, I walked off of uh, with devastation. You know, God had something bigger for us. And not only that, we win it with one second, and the five-star quarterback throws the game winner to the walk-on receiver. And uh, and so it was the way it was supposed to be. And and I think the lesson in that is is just don't grow weary from doing what's right and good. Yeah. And just keep doing that. Just hang in there and just, just believe that God has that harvest of blessing for you. And so we stayed the course. We didn't flinch. You know, we learn, we grow. Uh, and, and we, and so there's this mindset now that, hey, something great happens. Great. That's just a moment. It's always about what something yeah, bad happened. Yeah. Hey, let's learn from it. It's always about what's next. And that's the culture that's ingrained in our program. And when you have that, you can create consistency. You can't be great at anything unless you do it for a long period of time yeah. and with consistency. And that's and that's where we are as a program. You know, we've had eight, 10 plus win seasons in a row, and and only us in Alabama can say that. Yeah. Uh, but it's how we've won. And it's it's completely been culture driven. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. And now where we are as a program, like in the recruiting process, guys don't come there. They come there knowing exactly what they're getting into, and they they fit the culture. Uh, and so it's 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 been a it's been quite a journey for the past ten years. I've been the head coach ten years now, and and uh, we're the second winningest team in the country yeah. over that span of time. Um, but but it's it's just it's just we're always trying to refocus, reset, refuel, recommit. We start over every year as if we've as if we've not accomplished anything. So there's a hunger and a humility right. that is that is is very much a part of our culture and a, and a you get what you earn mindset. 
no entitlement, no complacency. Uh, you got to prove it every day. That's that's what's woven into the DNA of our program, and that's what sustains us. Yeah, your 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 athletes, um, champions on the field, but also amazing graduation rate. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, Clemson itself set a new school record with a ninety-two uh, percent mm-hmm. graduation success rate, according to the uh, NCAA. How do you motivate the players to succeed off the field yeah. as much as yeah? Well? It's a it's a it's a daily message that we have every day we nurture the culture every day because the number one thing in our program is we want our players to graduate and to and then to leave equipped with the tools that they need in life and then it's to have a great experience and then it's to win so everything's in that order and when you get things out of whack is when you make winning first so the philosophy of our program is we want to serve their heart not their talent and if you're going to serve someone's heart, you have to have a relationship with them. You have to know them. You have to communicate with them. It's a family atmosphere. We all understand the common purpose of the program. And, um, and so uh, I'm very transparent and upfront. I tell kids up front, listen, if you're not interested in, in getting a degree and you don't value education, this is not the place for you. All right, because this is the number one thing. So we set this. This was the same vision that we laid out in 09. It's, exa- it's exactly the same now. And I tell people, well, back then, this has looked good on paper. Well, here we are. We got 10 years of data. Well, I've had 212 seniors, 208 graduates. Eight of my 10 years, we've been top 10 academically in the country. This year, we're the first 15-0 and 0 team in the history of college football. But, oh, by the way, we had the most uh, 3.0s we've ever had in Clemson football history. 66 guys make a 3.0 or better. The highest team GPA in the history of the school. We won the President's Cup before the season started, which goes to the top athletic uh, team on campus. We won the AFCA award given to the top uh, football academic uh, team. Uh, my best player, Christian Wilkins, uh, he left three and a half years with a master's degree. He won the Campbell Trophy, which is the academic Heisman. Uh, Hunter Renfro won the Bowden Award, which is the character Heisman. Uh, so it's not that we just won. It's how we won. And so that is the focus of everything we do. It's not winning. It's how we win. And I always, if you follow Clemson at all, you've heard me say, hey, fun's in the winning. Yeah. And I say that all the time. People leave the other part. It's how you win. That matters. And, and so that's what I'm more proud of than anything uh, is how we've won by, by graduating our players, equipping them with the tools that they need to be successful in life, making sure they have a great experience, that they go be great ambassadors for our university, our program. They love to come back uh, and that they win. And every class that I've signed since February of 09, all right, has won at least one ACC championship, if not multiple, and every class since February of 13 has won at least one national championship. But it's, it's how we've done it, uh, by serving their heart, not their talent. And uh, so that's the culture that we have. And, and again, we're very transparent in that as I articulate these things in the recruiting process. So these kids that we get, they're great young men that are very talented. They just happen to be good football players. Uh, these are special people. Uh, that are going to do unbelievable things in life, and they value that degree. So that's why I have guys like Cleland Furl, who could have been a first-rounder last year, coming back because he wants to graduate. Uh, so we're really, really proud of that fact. Uh, 212 seniors, 208 graduates, and again, eight out of 10 years, we've been top 10 academically. Uh, so 
again, it's winning on the field and off the field. And that only happens uh, if you have the right type of culture driving that. And it's okay to do it once. But when you do it over and over and over and over and over, there's something driving that. Right. And that's the culture, yeah. uh, which you talked about at the very beginning. It's so important. And that is that goes back to the people that are involved and uh, in, in making sure that we're all on the same page and we're, we're all uh, committed uh, to the vision. You're coming off the heels of uh, Clemson finishing the 2018 season undefeated, winning the national championship. Um, I'm curious what when you when you look at this. I mean, in in the eyes of the world, you you are the ultimate success story. There's no doubt about it. But what does it personally, as you reflect on this win, really mean to you? I, I loved at the White House. You you made a statement. You said, "Always remember the goals that we have achieved pale in com- comparison to the daily uh, commitments that it took Absolutely. to get to that." Yeah. So how what what does this? Yeah, and, I, and that was my message to to my team because you know every year I get a new team and guys move on and my challenge to them is 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 you know my little part in trying to create great change in this world is is challenging these guys to take what we have with them into their communities into their new locker rooms into whatever their marriages and their businesses. I said, you guys, we have what the world wants. Take it with you. You've seen it. And, and, and just understanding that, that, again, it's always about what's next, and it's good to have goals. It's great. You know, we all should have goals, but it's your, it's your commitment <laughs> that matters. And what's, your, what do you, what's your daily, you know, lose 10 pounds, that's a great goal. Well, what are you daily committed to to achieving that goal? That's what matters. Uh, and so understanding that it's the journey it, it, it's not, it's, it's, it, you know, that's a moment. And, and, you know, we, we, we have this huge platform and this huge moment. It was, it's, it's indescribable, but it's not even close to my memory of the journey there, you know, the grind. And that's what I always tell people. We're made for the grind. We're made for the journey. We're made for the struggle. We're not made for the mountaintop. It's a great view, you know, but it's the relationships. That's what you hang on to. And that's what we're built from. Uh, that's what we're built from. And so, you know, I, I, that was something that I really wanted our guys to, I wanted to resonate with our guys and, and just make sure that they understand that you gotta, you gotta put the work in and, you know, you see somebody on top of a mountain, they didn't, they didn't fall there. They climbed. There is no elevator to greatness. You got to take the steps and you know how you do it? One step at a time, one day at a time, you know, one, just, just, just be great today. You know, someday I'm going to, do this. Someday I'm going to do that. Well, in order for someday to be a rally, let's be great today. And you just, you just putting those todays together. The next thing you know, it's those weeks and then it's months. And then you look up and you go, holy cow, yeah. 10 years just went by. Yeah. I've been so busy for the last 10 years, you know, just with a daily focus. I, 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 I'm like, what? 10 years has gone by. I've been yeah. like, and I'm at time warp because uh, I don't feel any different. You know, and it, and it just, it just, you just get so focused on what you're doing and loving what you're doing. Uh, you're so, you're so busy trying to be great and the best version of yourself. You don't get distracted by stuff that doesn't right. matter. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's something I want our guys to take with them for sure. That's good. One, one final question, man. I feel like we could, could have a conversation all day. Yeah, you're good, but man. You is, got some good uh, stuff. Good this questions. This has uh, been a, a powerful conversation, but. 
one final thing, you know, here at Southeastern University, our mission is, is, is very simple. We get to come alongside these incredible students to help them discover and develop their divine design is the phrase mm-hmm. that we use. So they can go out and they can serve Christ. They can serve the world. They can do it in life and learning and leadership. What is, what is the greatest thing as these, as these students, as young people head out into their destiny journey, mm-hmm. what's the greatest piece of advice that you can give them to have perspective in discovering yeah. Well, the greatest advice I can give them is, is, is um, you know, I always use an illustration. Um, when I speak to athletes and my players every year, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a football and, I, and I'll call one of them up and I'll say, hey, stand on that ball for me. You know, see if you can kind of, you know, visualize that. And then I'll say, well, that's how your life's going to be if football is the foundation of your life. And uh, just that simple. And and when I'm speaking at events, I tell people, that's how your life's going to be if your job's the foundation of your life, if your family's the foundation of your life, if your bank account, if your country club, if your house, if those are the foundations of your life, if that's what your life is built on, it's going to be a very unstable life. And and I love to take the illustration of a of a flat football. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll say, okay, so this ball right here, if if I went to go play right now, it'd be hard to throw, hard to catch, hard to hard for this ball to fulfill the purpose that it was created for without the air in it, right? Mm. And and it's and so the best advice I can give anyone is if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you don't know your creator, it's gonna be really difficult for you to discover what you were created for. Right. And so to really know your purpose uh, in life, you've got to know the creator of your life. And there's just nothing else that matters because uh, bad things happen. Storms happen. Disappointments happen. If you've got a, if you've got a, a body and breath, uh, you are going to experience a lot of adversity in your life. That's just the way it is. But when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you're anchored and, and when those storms come, you don't get washed out to sea and drift. You have, even though it may, it may be the worst thing that you can ever think about in, in life, but when you have your faith in Christ and you know him, he will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Because there's always going to be things that happen this side of eternity we're just not going to understand. I wish I could just say, hey, but there's just certain, and that's what faith is all about. But God walks through that with you. And I can look back on my life at certain things that I thought were the worst thing that could ever happen to me. If I could go back and change it now, I wouldn't. And, and they say we serve a God we can't see. And I'm like, hey, I look back, man, I, I see God clearly. Right. Clearly. Man, I'm so thankful that he didn't allow me something to happen the way I wanted it to happen. And, and so for young people to have... Uh, Christ as the center of their life and the anchor to their life, man, that, that, that there's nothing else that matters. There's two days that matter, and that is today and that day. And, you know, <laughs> you better be ready for both of them uh, because when that day gets here, we're all going to meet our maker. And uh, I just believe that with all my heart, and I don't think there's a bigger decision in life and even though life is challenging and tough, when, when Christ is guiding you and your eyes are on him, uh, he will give you the peace and he will allow you 
to have hope and belief beyond your circumstances of whatever it is you're dealing with, somehow, some way. And that can only come from knowing Christ. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care who you know, what color you are, what home you came from, what you didn't, who, what it doesn't matter. There's sooner or later, we all are going to have a circumstance in our life that's going to bring us to our knees. Right. And, and the reason, in my opinion, that, that we have such craziness in our world is people don't know Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world, right. period. It's not Nike or Twitter or your social media, uh, uh, we call them things, lenses or filters. Right, right, uh, right. It's not how many followers you got. It's not who the president is now. It's not who it might be. It's not who you wish it would be. It's not some legislation. The hope of the world is Jesus. And, and people miss that. Right. And so as a result, we have that people are always searching for that peace. Some of the most miserable people I know have more money than they don't do with. Some of the happiest people I know, they ain't got a whole lot. Right. All right. And so it, it will always leave you empty. And so people, they they try to find it in drugs, in alcohol, in, in this relationship that they think is going to save their life, whatever it is. And it always comes up short. So the greatest piece of advice that I can say is to be connected to Christ, Christ, to let the Holy Spirit inside of you so that he can order your steps. And again, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenges and adversities because God uses all that. If we, if everything in our life was perfect all the time, we wouldn't have a reason to depend on God. Right. You know, uh, and He wants us to depend on Him, and He wants us to, to He wants to. He's He's a jealous God. You know, He wants to be the center of our life. And when people get that, uh, there's a peace that comes with that. Yeah. And that's the best advice I can tell you. Is no matter what happens, there's nothing that that you can't handle when you have when you have God at the center of your heart. So good, man. It's been a pleasure to, to talk with you, Coach. And, and your, again, your humility, your genuineness, your, your passionate faith is absolutely contagious. I appreciate and, it. What a great, great yeah. conversation. For more on uh, Coach Dabo Sweeney and his Clemson Tigers, you can check out DaboSweeney.com. Hey, thanks for joining us on Framework Leadership today. To connect with Kent, visit kentingle.com. Also make sure to follow him on Twitter at Kent Ingle and on Facebook at Kent.ingle. Thanks for listening to Framework Leadership.